Um, <clears throat> wonderful to be here with you. Um, how are you all doing? Some nods, great. Live. Um, it's been a fantastic series to listen to. If you haven't listened to the series, it's called Living As If. And um, Daniel and Diane have just been sharing about, firstly, living as if Jesus is coming soon, and then living as if we have Sabbath rest. So really good um, subjects, really ones that I've enjoyed, and I encourage you to go over to the pod- podcast. So I'm going to be sharing today on living as if I have faith. And um, yeah, I want to start with a picture. A bare building plot. It's one of the most intimidating things you will ever experience. It started with a single idea. Lauren and I wanted to build a house. And Lauren's not here. She sends her apologies. She's sick in bed. Um, but we had this idea. We wanted to build a house. We didn't have any money. We couldn't afford a mortgage for a complete house. And so we thought, well, let's just build it as we go. (laughs) Little do we know the million other ideas, questions, and problems that would follow. What will this house look like? What materials will we build it with? Who will build it? How will we pay for it? To more uh, more finer design questions like, What type of windows will we choose? Where will we put the toilets? What will the aspect of the house be? And the list goes on and on and on. We must have been in our 20s to be so daft. And so we began to build our own house, terrified. I was so scared, I had to ask my father-in-law about a hundred times whether this was the right thing we were doing, until eventually he said, Ryan, just sign the contract. We had a foundation party. Yes, those are real pictures. Where I asked some church mates to join us in digging the foundations. Have you ever tried to coordinate 30 people? Never mind digging in a straight line. Anyway, they came. I had friends to throw the concrete. Yeah, that's me in the yellow shirts over there. Slightly less endowed. I had friends to put on the roof, do the plumbing, uh, lots of help from builders, mates, and it started to take shape. That's my contemplative builder look over there with my, with my bricklayer. The reality is, faith looks like every spare penny, help from my dad, grandparents, lots from my in-laws, and lots of help from builders, mates. And then the setbacks, deliveries late, delayed, workers unreliable, not pitching up on time, windows getting stolen out of the brickwork, I kid you not. And then Lauren and I got married. We decided that would be a great idea. Our dream was to have this house ready for when we got married and we would go into our early, our home together that we just built. No, no, no. So we had to stay in a hovel for a couple of months while we finished the building. We even had a wedding gift registry at a hardware store. And someone actually bought a concrete lintel. I mean, bless them. All the while, we plodded on. And eventually, eventually, we moved in. And this was the final product. 
Okay, it's not a great picture, right? It, but it's, it, it, the roof kept us dry, the walls didn't fall down, they were kind of straight, and we lived our first couple of years from there. Just go, move on to the next picture, please, Darren. Yeah, Ben made me put that, that bit in there that says Ben's room. Because <laughs> we, built, we built a couple of rooms on, there was phase two and phase three, there was a little home office. And just by the way, yes, it is a bungalow, and bungalows are cool in South Africa, right? <laughs> They're not just for old people. But looking back, this was a pivotal part of our faith journey with God. So, I know your first question is, what does risk or building a house have to do with faith in God? Well, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, and I love, Kerry, how you've picked that one out there. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and for assurance in what we do not see. So we're supposed to have this confidence in what we hope for. And we need to be sure of what we don't see. I mean, that sounds like risk to me. Further down in Hebrews 11 verse 6, it says, And without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. Ah, there it is. Risk and reward. We've all heard that before, haven't we? No risk, no reward, right? So we have to have faith in coming to God, believing in some unseen things, which we've kind of done today, taking a risk, and then expecting a reward, right? Sounds pretty simple. What I'd like you to do is gather in groups of sort of two or three around you. GVC guys, here's your, your moment to kind of... Uh, Bring a little group together. So two or three around you. You can get in groups of two or three and answer one question. What is the biggest risk that you have taken? Okay, two or three. One question. What's the biggest risk that you've taken? I'll give you a couple of minutes and then we'll have some feedback time. Right, so I'm looking forward to hearing some stories. It was just a short, you know, just a, a summary of your, of a story that you've had. Maybe I should have mentioned that. <clears throat> yeah, so give me some examples uh, from your group. Um, yeah, what, anybody want to share just a, a risk that they've taken? Shout them out. Boy. Amazing, several businesses, love it. <clears throat> Anyone over here? Skydiving, nice. Any, anyone at the back? Ah, risky motorbike riding, nice. So I hear you, I mean, the, the stories are probably endless, and I know, um, you know, my mom was sharing a story about her coming to the UK here as well. Um, and the stories are endless. But I hear you say it, Ryan. Um, so I'm not really good with risks. Who can kind of lift their hand to that? Who's, who's risk averse? Who would put themselves in that? People are like, yes, me. <laughs> yeah. 
uh, <clears throat> or maybe you don't even consider yourself part of this faith. You're kind of just looking in, and you certainly don't want any projects. Uh, there may be even some who feel a little bit unworthy about risk and faith. Or maybe some of us have tried this faith thing or tried a risk and it really didn't work out. I mean, I can feel that myself. Well, I've got good news because Hebrews chapter 11 is one of the most encouraging verses, and I encourage you to read the full chapter because it's encouraging for all the most awkward reasons. Because it's ironic that all the people mentioned in this chapter are known as the heroes of faith. In fact, this chapter is known as the hall of faith. You know, it's supposed to be the hall of fame of biblical characters because everyone in that chapter has, is, has some flaw, some more serious than not, but flaws like you and me. We've got Noah, who's mentioned. He had a weakness with wine. We've got Jacob, takes advantages of his, of his brother and deceives his father. We've got Abraham, who tells half-truths, keeps himself safe, and almost gives his wife away. We've got Moses, who got angry and killed someone. There's the arrogance of Joseph. We've got Rahab, who was a prostitute, and the list goes on and on and on. And so I wonder what we think of our chances now. If God's heroes look like that, maybe faith is open to us. Maybe we should give it a crack. But I know your, your next question is, so what do I do with this faith? Like, what is, you know, give me some actions here. I mean, I'm a practical person. I, you know, I'm constantly asking God, what is the next step? Because Hebrews 11 doesn't really give it away, does it? It doesn't actually share much about what we should do. So I thought, well, let's ponder this idea of hope. Because we're supposed to be confident in what we hope for. And so maybe hope is the starting point for us. Have you ever hoped for something that it hurts? You felt it in your heart. Not just any hope, but one that just kind of consumed you. You couldn't go away, move away from it. It affected your daily life. Perhaps your marriage needed saving. Maybe it was one of your kids that was really sick and you needed a miracle. Maybe it was that promotion at work or that A grade that you were really studying hard for. Or maybe it was that girl that you've been dying to ask on a date. Or a new business that you've been thinking about and pondering for years. I remember praying lots of those prayers. I still do. Lord, if I would just pass the test. Lord, please get me to the end of the month as a business owner. Who can, uh, who can relate to that? Lord, let her just say yes. And she did, by the way. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with those prayers. In fact, it's the starting points, I'm sure the starting points of our faith for all of us. And it's a part of the normal, healthy relationship that we have with God. Those prayers are part of it. But what if these beginnings, are, which are orientated around our needs and wants, led us to look a little wider, to pray a little wider, to look over our neighbor's fence and see and feel what they're going through, to get involved in our community's pains and problems? What if we began to hope for better things for our friends and neighbors and communities? What if we discovered things about them that broke our hearts and we pursued these issues and began to pray and invest time and resource in these things? I remember one instance where my heart was broken. I grew up in South Africa. You can probably tell by the accent. 
uh, where poverty was quite normal. Kids would beg in groups at traffic lights and then return to their homes in what we called squatter camps in South Africa. Their games would involve playing soccer in the streets with plastic balls wrapped with orange um, bags, and they lived life dressed in seventh-generation hand-me-downs. Life was desperately close to the edge for those kids. But nothing would prepare me for my visit to Mozambique. Our church had an annual trip to Maputo to support a local church and an orphanage and the ministries that they had across the city. One such ministry was a church that was next to the landfill site, next to this towering mass of rubble and organic matter, was a little church where they huddled together to worship and read the Bible. Under these tin roof sheets, we squatted and enjoyed being with this poor yet joyful people. In the middle of the service, in walked these two young little girls. They had nearly no clothes on, and they were carrying with them rusty forks, which I assumed was for a toy. You could see they'd not had a square meal in days. My heart broke. I wanted to do something about it, but there was just nothing in our context that we could do. The church was trying to do everything they could. This story, those images still fuel my desire to see change in Africa, to bring that awareness. I wonder what your stories are. And let's get in our twos and threes again. And I want you to ponder this question as quickly as you can. <laughs> what breaks your heart? What breaks your heart? Okay, can you do that? Groups, groups of two or three, what breaks your heart? We'd love you to hear if you feel comfortable just, you know, what comes to mind when I ask that question, what breaks your heart? And I was part of this group here, there's some great ones. I told my sister she's got to share some because, you know, looking for volunteers. <laughs> no. Uh, anybody want to share just one word, what breaks your heart? Yeah, like Ukraine, war, conflict, like innocent people, you know. Subjects, decisions of not so innocent people. Yeah. Anybody else? Yeah. Squander, you mean? Yeah, absolutely. So people sort of pressing other people and yeah. Yeah, over there, buddy. Sorry, I didn't hear you. People with? Dementia. Absolutely. Thanks for sharing that. Anybody else want to share? Yeah. Conflict, big or small. Yeah. Yeah, Darren. Yeah. Corruption, abuse of power. Absolutely. Mm. People that are alone, people without family, um, mental health. Yeah, big things, big problems. <coughs> and the reality is, if we continue to go through the room, there probably would be, you know, another 50 more stories. So there would be lots of different stories as we go through the room, and some would be about suffering, as we heard. Some would be about orphans. Um, some would be about pe people that are really sick, like from dementia. Um, and but whatever we, these stories might be, um, there'd probably be a million other stories. I mean, even just sitting in our groups sharing the stories, people are like, I've got about five things that break my heart. 
But imagine that these stories started a catalytic reaction where we each decided to take one and take one step of faith towards solving that issue. And then another step and another step. Maybe someone in our midst started a local baby bank. Or someone started helping Sarah with Unity Community, with the people that felt alone. Or maybe someone came with me to Africa and we started dreaming about entrepreneurial ventures. Or maybe you decided to plant trees in Barton Streets to save our planet. Or you prayed with your neighbor so that they could get healed from cancer or from dementia. Imagine our families and our communities watching you now and being inspired by your small step towards solving that issue. And they started their own steps of faith. And perhaps they met Jesus along the way and experienced his love, which even greater propels these steps into larger steps. And maybe our world, our friends, we'd start seeing the world that we wanted. Now, that's faith, I think. Now, I don't know about you, um, where you are on your faith journey. Perhaps you are, like me, many years ago, just trusting God for a house or for a job or getting through the winter. Hello? Or perhaps you are new to faith and you want to try this thing out. But no matter where you are, no matter how you might feel, there is a, there's just that next step. There's that space for us to move into, that step of faith, that step into the unseen that Kiri was talking about, that step towards God. I wonder what that next step is for you. Now, I'm not going to let you off that easy today because I know what it's like. It's like, listen to the message. Oh, thanks, Ryan. Clap, clap. And we all go home and we just crack on with our week. Hey, I mean, I'm, I do that. <clears throat> but faith is a doing thing. <clears throat> you know, the scripture was faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance in what we do not see. And interesting that the word assurance is used in Hebrew business language to mean title deed. Imagine having title deed for your hope, title deed for your faith. I'm a conveyancer, and I've dealt with thousands of title deeds. But there's something about having your own. There's something about holding that title deed in your hand and knowing that no one can take your house away from you, that's protected, that it's solid, something in law, you know, you can go to court and you're like, this is my house. So what we're going to do is we're going to take some time sitting alone with God and thinking about what our next steps of faith are. Now, I just love, Kerry has actually taken us over halfway points already. Thanks, Kerry. I mean, we didn't talk about it. We didn't talk about it. But this is great. I love that, you know, faith without deeds is dead, they say. So let's get some, let's get some deeds down. So I want you to just is sit. You can, you can pull out your little, oh, wait, we've put the post-its up there. Yes, well, you can, you can go and grab them if you'd like. Um, what's, nothing wrong with that, say, hey, Kerry? Yeah, Kerry said that's fine. So um, write down an idea or issue that comes to your heart. So you can use your phone here. Welcome to use your phone if you don't want to grab your post-it. 
because I, I want us to leave away with something today, something that we can look back on and go, hey, that was the moment. Um, so think of an idea or issue that comes to your heart. And I want you to think back on the questions that have led us here. Think about risk, going beyond what our means or what our strength can take us. Think about what breaks your heart. It should be pretty clear now what you, what you should be writing down. Maybe you've narrowed it down to like one or two things or one or two issues that really... And once you've got your issue and that problem written down, I want you to take a little step further. Ask God to help you with what the next step would be. It might be joining Bridget, who's starting a little lo- a local baby bank and going, actually, I care about moms, I care about babies, I want to join Bridget. Maybe it's something new. Maybe it's getting behind a unity community. Maybe it's praying for someone sick. So practical. Now, what I don't want you to write down is, I'm going to pray about it. Okay, because that's expected. That's good, but it's expected of you to do that. Okay? We want to write down something practical, something, to, something about the next step. And ask God to show you. Ask God, maybe it's something new. And then if you're comfortable, after a couple of minutes, we're going to share it in the group and ask your group to pray for you if you feel comfortable.